Yeah, what we talking about? Mind of melanin and medicine. I'm in my element. Plus, I'm heaven sick. Yeah, what we talking about? Mind of melanin and medicine. I'm in my element. Plus, I'm heaven sick. Yeah, what we talking about? Welcome back to Mind, Melanin, and Medicine. On this season's bonus episode, Tarek and I get the opportunity to sit down with Wade Monday of the Addis Clinic. The Addis Clinic provides volunteer opportunities for medical providers in the U.S. to treat and mentor healthcare providers in developing parts of the world, such as Kenya. Through telemedicine, the Volunteer Medical Corps provides assistance to people living on less than $3 a day by providing diagnoses and treatment plans to help them return to school and work. Wade Monday is the executive director, a graduate of Vanderbilt Divinity School, and he lives in Nashville, Tennessee. So for all of our medical personnel, if you're looking to volunteer without leaving the comfort of your home, stay tuned for this episode. So, Wade, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Wade Monday. I'm the executive director of the Annis Clinic. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, born and raised, and I only lived outside of Nashville for a brief time in Boston when I worked at Boston Children's Hospital and for a summer when I lived in Ethiopia in the capital city, Addis Ababa, which uh, has some relevance to what we're talking about later today. I studied religion and philosophy and ethics at Vanderbilt Divinity School, a school that is steeped in social justice in the civil rights era. And that also led me to uh, be the executive director of the Addis Clinic. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of my lifelong dreams is to make it to Africa. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've got lots of recommendations. I, you know, I was 18 years old. It was the summer after 9-11. And I, you know, spent the entire time wandering around the city and reading the Lonely Planet Guide to Africa. It's a thousand page book. And I just memorized everything about every country wow. that I could. I've That's since forgotten it all. But um, right, right, right. You know, it's such a diverse country or continent. Sorry, I sound like George sure. W. Bush. Um, <laughs> it is such a diverse continent. And I've uh, been fortunate to, to live in Ethiopia for a summer. I've traveled back a couple of times and spent a month last year in Kenya. I've been to Egypt and Morocco. Um, I was telling a friend of mine earlier today, my lifelong goal is to go to Sudan. Just uh, it's a fascinating area that has more pyramids than Egypt. And a really long history that not a lot of people know about. Yeah. So, oh, so wow. much culture that I don't even yeah. think we even 
scratch the surfaces of, you know, what we see on social media or, or with the internet and everything. I don't even think we're able to, to even touch that on what it really is, I'm sure. But that Absolutely. is one of my, maybe before 30, Terrica. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, you know, looking at going in 2022, oh. as long as COVID has, you know, <laughs> calmed down a little bit. <laughs> is this like for leisure or? No, birthday. Yeah. You know we have the same birthday. Months, yeah, months. I was like, okay, yeah, that birthday yeah. month. Um, yeah. What were you gonna say, Wade? Is that your thirtieth birthday? It is my birthday. All right, birthday. all right. Sounds so, good. Yeah, do you have a country in mind? Do. Um, I I don't have any specific one. Of course, I mean, I I, I want to hit as many as I can. Like, I would love to do like maybe a two week, three week long vacation. Wow. Um, as long as my job allows it, and just kind of hit various different, you know, parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so much to see. Yeah. So wait, why don't you tell me what exactly is the Addis Clinic? Yeah, the Addis Clinic is a nonprofit organization that was organized in the United States, but we have a global presence. We've operated in 22 countries delivering telemedicine consultations and telemedicine services to low-income people, people at the last mile. These are medically underserved areas that aren't Uh, served by a traditional hospital or major medical services. So we have operated in 21 uh, countries throughout Africa. And uh, and currently we are in the midst of a scaling up project in Kenya, where this year we provided telemedicine consultations to uh, more than 2,500 people, made quality health care available to a million patients, Uh, in Western Kenya, in a medically underserved area, through the help of technology, our local staff, as well as uh, a global medical uh, volunteer medical corps. We have hundreds of volunteers that help us with telemedicine consultations uh, for anything ranging from dermatology to infectious diseases. And, And our mission is to serve the medically underserved and leverage technology to make it affordable and available to all. Uh, Health equity is at the core uh, of what we do. Wow. Okay. So now you may have kind of touched bases on it, but what specific population does the Addis Clinic serve or is there a specific population or is it just kind of providing healthcare to whoever needs it in those um, parts of Africa? Our typical patient, uh, survives on less than $3 a day. Uh, Right now, a majority of our patients are in Western Kenya. And uh, it's a population that has been hit very hard uh, by the HIV crisis. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. along Lake Victoria. And that's an area where uh, there's a common practice known as sex for fish. And uh, when Mm -hmm. HIV AIDS first came to the communities along the shores of Lake Victoria, uh, when uh, A man contracted it, he gave it to his wife, and then he died, and then his wife would have to turn to sex work in order to survive. And so she would go to the market and uh, and infect other fishermen who then infected their wives and so on and so forth. So it has the highest HIV AIDS prevalence in uh, all of Africa and uh, very, very low uh, mortality rate. Wow. 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 So... What I'm curious to know, what sparked your interest in, you know, getting involved with the Addis Clinic? Like, ultimately, what inspired you 
Yeah, I think going back to that summer in Ethiopia, you know, I was studying religion. I thought I was going to enter the ministry at some point, maybe be a missionary or something like that. But I was really just captivated by uh, interacting with people from other cultures and seeing the way different societies are set up and established. And uh, really, it didn't come from a place of, um, you know, patronizing or condescending. It's just I'm really fascinated by other cultures and, and want to see what the world has to offer. So um, after I finished my time at Vanderbilt Divinity School, I was working in politics. I worked on the Barack Obama campaign in 2008 in Tennessee. I was the communications director. And then, of course, I went to Boston Children's Hospital. I worked for a few other nonprofit organizations. And when the opportunity came for me to be involved with the Addis Clinic, um, because of where uh, the work happens. I, I couldn't turn it down. I have a background in public health from Boston Children's Hospital and the National Healthcare for the Homeless Council is another place where I worked uh, in between now and then. And I, uh, I, I wanted to get involved. And so the leadership position opened up and we've had a really great first year. Nice. Pretty well-rounded. You've got the, the divinity background, and then you've got the public health background. Right. And he's just like <laughs> a renaissance man. Like, he's got it all. <laughs> I mean, How many languages do you speak? <laughs> do you speak more? <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, I was um, – we do have um, some partners in Switzerland who fund some of our work, and I was on a Zoom call. Uh, with the director of that foundation and my daughter who's doing virtual school came up behind me and she very shyly uh, said hello and uh, the director said bonjour comment ça va and I <laughs> said uh, just say Trabian <laughs> and so I, I can uh, I can get by on some like you know phrases but uh, yeah so I'm gonna say I'm not even great at English but um, but I try. Okay. So we're, we're talking Africa. And so of course you're talking some, you're, you're talking about really, really sick um, patients and, and, and the population as a whole, and you're talking about um, poverty. So what are some of the challenges that you faced um, or that you could share with the listeners about doing this type of work? And then contrastly, what are some of the things that kind of the joys of, of doing this, this type of work? So what are some of the challenges and what are some of the joys of it? Yeah, I think that, you know, the medical community, which, again, I am no expert. Like you said, I might be a renaissance man. I call it a jack of all trades or an expert in none. But <laughs> right. I think the medical community is really grappling with what is a good area of practice for telemedicine? What can you actually do that produces long-term outcomes for patients virtually? And it's the same for us where we have trouble with loss to follow up for a lot of patients, especially the extremely poor who maybe they can make it for one visit in, in Kenya. There's uh, it's basically fee for services. There's a very small insurance market. And so patients are coming in for, um, you know, whatever ailment they have, and maybe it's $40 to see a clinical officer who is a lower to middle skilled health worker uh, and the only health worker in the region. And so they are, um, you know, they struggle to be able to, um, to follow up with their patients. And so uh, oftentimes, you know, you just don't know what the outcome is. We had one really unfortunate situation where an individual who had tuberculosis and HIV 
and was just too poor to be able to afford any sort of medical care. Uh, we set him up with a consultation with uh, an infectious disease expert in uh, at Vanderbilt University Medical Center here in Nashville, where I'm located. And uh, we, you know, he couldn't travel to get any other tests or any other treatments. He was in a very remote area around Lake Victoria. And so, you know, after that visit, he never showed back up. And we just had to sort of hope and pray that he um, was living the healthiest life he possibly could. So those are some of the tragic stories that we do hear from. And we do hear from our volunteer medical corps, physicians around the world who want to know what happens to their patients, but because of the economic environment that we live in and, you know, people are just trying to survive. So they don't always think to go back to the doctor, even after several months of, of living with an illness. Um, so we experience that a lot, but then there are, you know, really incredible stories of achievement, both from the health workers that we partner with in Kenya and their patients. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I was in Kenya for a month last year and we were holding a training for health workers on how to use certain digital health technologies that would improve the way they deliver care to their patients. And uh, we just happened to have one uh, health worker who brought his child in who had participated in a telemedicine consultation. His child had diabetes. And through the telemedicine consultation that we provided, we were able to identify um, that the child wasn't taking the proper uh, dosage of medication of insulin. And so we adjusted wow. that. Uh, I mean, misdiagnosis is, I think, the fifth leading cause of death in Kenya, as reported by their oh, own Ministry yeah. of Health. And so we were able to fix that, correct that the child started gaining weight and was healthy and, um, mm -hmm. and thriving. And I was able to see that in the flesh. Uh, similarly, mm -hmm. we've had stories of our health workers who they know that their patients aren't going to come back into the clinic and, um, and report on how they're doing, whether or not they're following uh, the medication guidelines that they provided. And uh, so we have stories of health workers that will go visit their patients at home. And oh, again, it's like a fee for service model. They don't have to do that, but this is the community where they live and work and they're very small communities. They're very close knit. And that sort of dedication and commitment is just something that, you know, I strive for in my daily life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and that was kind of, that was really hard to hear too. I didn't realize that I guess so many, um, or you had patients or people there who really didn't um, follow through even with the yeah. treatment plan. I was really oblivious to that fact. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think it's so. sort of, um, you know, what we see in all of the literature that you might read on in global health is, is really just the tip of the iceberg below that wow. is a, a whole body of people who are living on the margins of society and, and really excluded from all the public health data that we've tried to gather over you know the last century mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so what utility does our platform serve for the addis clinic so the addis clinic right now we have a volunteer medical corps it's comprised of hundreds of uh, nurse practitioners physicians assistants physicians around the world who come together to use our telemedicine platform and consult with frontline health workers in kenya 
to serve their low-income patients. And so we are on a push to increase the number of volunteers that we have uh, as we expand to other parts of the continent. Right now, we're working in Kenya. Previously, we worked in Cameroon, and we may return there. We're also opening a new partnership in January in Nigeria. And so, you know, we're really methodically looking for the last mile, the patients who are in the most medically underserved areas and where we believe we can make a difference through the use of the Volunteer Medical Corps. And so we want people who are passionate about learning about global health and learning about the environment in which, uh, which our partners serve, which is incredibly challenging. But like I said, it can be incredibly rewarding to hear the stories of commitment from our frontline health workers and the successes of their patients. Wow. Wow. So I guess what specifically would be some of the responsibilities of those medical personnel who are interested in doing this type of work or interested in the global health aspects or um, interested in just, you know, the utilization of telemedicine and telehealth and those type of things? What would be their responsibilities? So our volunteer medical corps is really easy to get involved with. You go to the to addisclinic.org. That's A-D-D-I-S clinic.org. And you sign up uh, on our volunteer portal uh, with your name and your email address. And then our director of operations will reach out to you with uh, more information about how to download an application to your smartphone or your computer and, uh, and get a user login. We'll do an onboarding with you for maybe 30 minutes on how to use the platform. And then our team in Kenya will assign a case to you based on your specialty of medicine or your area of expertise. And really it takes less than 30 to 45 minutes um, in a month to respond to. We, I think we try to limit two cases per volunteer per month and, um, mm-hmm. and we stick to that. So most of our volunteers won't volunteer for more than two hours per month, but they make a huge difference in providing expert care and, uh, and mentorship for our health workers. Let me ask you a question, and you you may or may not know the answer to it, but so for nurse practitioners, in a lot of states, we actually have to have a collaborating physician in order to practice. Are the are those same kind of regulations governed in Kenya? Like, how does that work in terms of giving medical advice and, and seeing uh, patients? Um, right. Over so um, currently, uh, all medical liability is covered under the uh, practitioner's um, medical malpractice insurance. And so if that insurance requires that you have a supervising physician, uh, then mm-hmm. we can either set you up with a physician that we're working with. We've, we've actually worked with medical residents in that way. So a medical resident mm-hmm. can provide an initial consultation experience and then a physician signed off on that. So we can either provide you with that collaborating physician or uh, you can uh, you can use one that you're familiar with. Okay. And just out of curiosity, also for the listeners who may be wondering, this is going to all be more of a telemed type um, volunteer position. Yeah. So it's all asynchronous telemedicine, uh, which means that there's no appointment, there's no video. It's all by text, and so. Uh, that makes it actually more responsive for the patients. Uh, if they go visit a clinic in Kenya 
at five o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we can assign a case to a physician uh, in the morning on Eastern time, and they can have a response the next day uh, for that for that patient and for the health workers. So it's all done via text. There are uh, photos and videos attached to patient history and a physical exam that's written up. Uh, so all you have to do is, is read about the, the patient and offer your, your diagnosis and your recommendation. Nice. That's pretty cool. And then are you guys just looking for nurse practitioners or uh, we're looking like nurse practitioners only? No, I guess, no we're looking for any medical professional, um, who is, uh, who has a degree, uh, in the United States. Uh, we take physicians, uh, around the world. So we have physicians in, uh, I think four, four different continents right now. But, uh, if you're a registered nurse, a, a nurse practitioner, uh, physician's assistant or a physician here in the U S we can work with you and we can find a collaborating physician, like we talked about earlier, or, um, or we can figure out based on your malpractice coverage, how to make sure that you're participating in our program to make a difference in the world, especially in this really challenging time of COVID-19. Um, and we can, uh, we can make sure that you're covered as well, that you're safe. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's very, very nice. I love what you're doing, you know, and definitely, you know, wish you um, the best as you continue to make a difference in the lives of so many other people. Well, thanks so much. Sure. We, uh, we're really excited that this year we were able to provide access to a million patients, which means that the 250 health workers, 250 plus health workers that we work with in Kenya, they're all serving uh, an average of a million patients together. Uh, next year, we're going to train a thousand health workers in Kenya. And so, and like I said, right. we're expanding to Nigeria. So the health coverage area is going to be really tremendous. And we need as many volunteers as we can to help us meet that need. Uh, it does provide uh, really important societal benefits. Obviously, it, it gets us closer to achieving health equity. And it also helps us to learn more about the environment in which many of our health workers around the world are, uh, are living and working in and so that maybe we can advocate for change for them. Um, so uh, there are a lot of benefits. When we uh, did a partnership with Vanderbilt Medical School, and I spoke about earlier, a medical resident who was participating in, uh, in our program, he was really blown away by the different types of pathologies that he was able to experience. So it was a learning experience for him. He didn't get to travel because mm -hmm. of COVID-19 to Kenya, but he was still able to see those patients and get the educational benefit of, of treating patients and, and reading their history and their physical exam that he, uh, that he was able to help with. Wow. wow. Well, do you have any final thoughts, anything else that you would want our audience um, or people who are listening to kind of, you know, know about um, or just anything no. you want to yeah. say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Terica. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My brain was slowly like drifting off like you're so tired. <laughs> You've had a long, hard day of work. I understand. Oh, my gosh. It's been so long, y'all. <laughs> well, um, you could work a full day for the Addis Clinic and you wouldn't be that tired because it's really just just get on your cell phone for an hour and you get a consultation, which is uh, not nearly as hard as I'm sure what you're, you're doing on the daily. But... I want listeners to go to the Addis, go to addisclinic.org, learn more about the organization, follow us on social media. We're on everything, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
Instagram, Facebook. Sign up to volunteer and learn more about us. And really uh, be safe. You know, medical workers right now are among some of the most vulnerable people in the United States right now. So uh, what we found, uh, we were very fortunate to be using telemedicine already, but telemedicine is the safest thing to do uh, in 2020 uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic raging around us. Uh, I'm in Tennessee where it is out of control. And so, uh, so if you learn about telemedicine, use telemedicine, we can work together to find ways uh, to use it most effectively uh, to treat patients. And what contact information do you have? Do you have the name of the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever your social media platform is for the Addis Clinic? Yeah, every, the, yeah the, the handle for yeah. everything is just Addis Clinic, A-D-D-I-S-C-L-I-N-I-C. And, you know, I didn't talk about the history or the founding of the organization, but uh, Dr. Stephen Chan and Dr. Katie Cahill were both in Boston at Harvard uh, Medical School when they founded the organization in 2011. So we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary next year. And, oh, um, nice. and I think it's really poignant that even though we're not working in Ethiopia right now, we do hope to expand there again. But uh, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia is known as the birthplace of civilization. It's where the oldest human remains have been found. And, you know, I did my 23andMe DNA test and I am a, a, a very Caucasian guy with Irish and French <laughs> roots, but uh, my DNA can be traced back to the cradle of civilization, and that's Ethiopia. And so, um, I love it. <laughs> so, so I think that um, you know we we all I think owe it to uh, to humankind to to learn more about uh, the culture and the civilization that really. Uh, you know, started this whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been so great having you and just learning all about the Addis Clinic and what you all do and provide. So thanks for joining us on um, today. Well, thank episode. you for having me. I really appreciate your voice and, and the platform that you've given me and, uh, and for all that you do uh, for your community. I know you're tired. So uh, thanks for taking time for me tonight. For more information or just questions about the Addis Clinic, email us at mindmelaninmedicine at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at mindmelaninandmedicine. You can also find out more information at www.addisclinic.org. 